Right on, right on, right on. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to a special live on Right On Radio. So glad to see you here. Thank you for going. Get the likes and shares going out. And, and, and Tom, just uh, just mute yourself for a second because I'm getting an echo. If you don't okay. mind, I'll All bring right. you on in a second. Uh, but hey, everyone, welcome! Please get the likes and shares out there and uh, get this out. This is going to be pretty explosive. I'm going to introduce Tom in just a moment. But as I'm welcoming you in, I just wanted to say not only is it special because we don't normally do a broadcast at this time, but it is very special because uh, Tom Althaus is here. Uh, he is the most frequented guest in Right On Radio history, and you're going to see why in just a few moments. And I always have to do a perfect, uh, a proper introduction for Tom because in between visits, Tom hasn't been here in about a month, and we've gained about a thousand listeners here on Podbean uh, doing these lives and stuff like that. So uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Tom Althaus, he has a very, very amazing story, and I can't give you his whole story in the synopsis, uh, but he was basically being groomed by the occult in the religious circles, and uh, it's because he is a very gifted individual. And throughout many trials and tribulations and becoming an actor and a screenplay writer and things like that, most famously, uh, Tom has you know, appeared on Broadway. He's written uh, musicals and stuff like that. However, uh, the most famous work that he is known for is something called The Immortals. And The Immortals is a uh, very in-depth script that I believe was given to Tom prophetically uh, because he was given this, you know, 30 years ago and it's all coming true. And some of you may be familiar with the movie The Matrix. Well, The Matrix script was lifted, and I have the immortal script, and I have the copies of the copyrights and everything, so I can tell you that The Matrix, the movie, was lifted from Tom's script. That is absolutely my opinion after seeing the movie and reviewing Tom's script. And, you know, they, they really botched it because Tom's script is so superior uh, they, they could not capture it. They just didn't have the mental acuity to pull out the real meanings of it. And they really, really messed it up. Uh, but because Tom has the full script, it's always worthwhile to check back in with Tom and to find out 
where we are in the script. As we know, uh, everything that is happening, if you don't think we're living in a, you know, quote unquote matrix right now, uh, you're not alive and breathing or at least not thinking about life in the slightest bit. So uh, this is a very, very important. And, you know, he has brought up everything that has happened and like like you know it's maybe slight portrayed slightly different but i'm telling you it is spot on so without further ado please welcome tom althouse back to right on radio good morning to you tom good morning jeff it's been a long time it's good to hear your voice well, it's always good to hear your voice as well. And it, when when we're gonna have to, we're getting a bit of an echo. I I suspect you have an older iPhone <laughs> because that seems to bring up some problems. Okay, so is we'll I, have I... to mute when we're not talking. Okay. Yeah, just what just it just we'll just keep flicking that button, that mute button in between. So uh, when I'm talking, you be muted. When you're talking, I'll be muted. And uh, Sounds we'll good. do that. The mute button's just the microphone button Got at the it. bottom there, Tom. Okay, I'll mute now. So I want to just start off with Tom. And uh, Tom, just give us a, a synopsis of, uh, let's only go back about two years in our, in our uh, current reality. And tell us how the last two years relates to the script. And then we're going to get into what we think the future behold so tom the last two years what are you thinking well i see it's the cabal's plans were in place and apparently we had it spot on i do believe it was prophetic like you had said and it's all laid out including the fake oval office the Neuralink, all this tech that's now coming true now or being utilized is in the screenplay and that was all god-led and so what's fascinating is the very premise of the screenplay is that man tries to outwit god and in the end, God outwits man. He allows man to do what he's doing and then uses that to fit perfectly with God's timetable. If you look at Pat Robertson of the religious right, he actually says that you can control God through the laws of reciprocity. He even has a book on it, has a whole program on it, where you enrich yourself by controlling God, by binding him to his own laws. That's how far we've gone. That was the cult that I was uh, immersed in and being groomed in for high political position and what also sparked uh, the writing of the piece. So in the last two years, everything's coming true, including tech, like I said, the fake Oval Office, what the plans were, the stadiums, the, uh, the idea of um, infecting us with implants that would then uh, trigger a uh, random reducing of the population, while at the same time the elite reduces the population to have what they think would be utopia, segregating the rest of society they consider less than 99%. So, Tom, you mentioned a couple things there, and uh, and we're going to get to Neuralink because that really was, you foresaw this decades before anyone else had ever thought about it. And, and we're going to get into how that works. I think it's very, very important uh, to what is going on today. Um, but uh, you, you mentioned the fake Oval Office, and, and actually I want to get you to address that and how it appears in your screenplay. And, of course... Uh, we know right now, you know, it, listen, if you look at the boots on the ground, you know, the Nancy Drews, the, uh, what's his name, citizen reporter uh, guy, they're going, like, D.C. is empty, folks. It's It's been a ghost town. 
Uh, so we figure they're using the uh, the studios in Atlanta. They've been using Castle Rock uh, for the White House scenes and stuff like that, at least partially. Maybe they're sometimes in the real White House. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not there. I can't verify. Uh, but one, one point that I just got to make real quick, because you had mentioned Pat Robertson. And Pat Robertson is from the 700 Club. And if he's saying we can use God's laws against him, that is exactly what the occult does. What does that tell you about the religious right in America? And the 700 clubs, and I'll, I'm going to go into the Kenneth Copeland, all that stuff. I'm telling you people, run like, like you just run, run, run away from it. Uh, because it is very dangerous stuff. These people are occultists, they're Satanists, and probably have a passion for little children, folks. So uh, let me just put that out there. Uh, in fact, they had a passion for Tom when he was just a young man. So there's some evidence of that. But Tom, talk about how the Oval Office appears in your script or the fake Oval Office. The fake Oval Office is in the underground city of the Zion. And so what you have is underground forms that their leader has an, a fake Oval Office. They added that also in Z Nation. Uh, they put a fake Oval Office in that. And so it's interesting, they keep imitating what they've seen in that screenplay. But the fake Oval Office is there to give some semblance of order outside of DC. And what's interesting is in the original screenplay, DC is deserted, it's a ghost town. And they actually, the uh, elite on the uh, that are in the program talk about the point. You drop at the point if you want to reach underground. The point is the Washington Monument in ruins. And so it's very interesting that it's, it's being fabricated, refabricated, this idea in Man in the High Castle. It's being done in, like I said, Z Nation. They're very uh, kind of drunk on this idea, any idea they think would be popular with the public. But inadvertently, they're also sending out a message to the public while they're trying to take credit for these ideas or rehash them, which uh, should be waking up the public and letting them know. Uh, the goals of the cabal are to benefit and cash in on these ideas being popular with the public. The public should look at this as information they can digest and utilize. So in the original screenplay, the fake Oval Office is actually under the leadership of the underground, and it's supposed to give a semblance uh, to the people that are outside the program that there's still some form of governance and order. Tom, I just I, I've got to do a follow-up question on that right away, but I always read the super chats, and Jan just sent in a super chat, and it simply says, Tom is such a genuine person with a beautiful soul. He deserves our support. Amen, sister. I believe that, too. Uh, yes, Tom does have a beautiful soul. Uh, he has really become my brother in so many ways, and uh, I got to tell you, you know, we've, uh, we've, we've laughed together. We've, you know, had tears together. Even uh, we've we've had a we've had an argument in the past as well, <laughs> but uh, that nothing can come between us. Uh, we're we really are close. I do love the man as well. Uh, but Tom, you mentioned that the uh, fake Oval Office was in the underground, and what's really interesting about that to me is, you know, we didn't know about all these underground cities and underground tunnel systems that are really around the world and used for very nefarious purposes, but you saw it 30 years ago. Isn't that amazing? 
Well, what's interesting too is they take what is good, what's intended in the screenplay is good. And I appreciate the comments basically too also. It was a very kind thing of Jan to say, and I do value that, especially after their program and tactics is to alienate and isolate. And when we had our fight, it was based on our passions for what we believe and stand for. And if we had a misunderstanding, our passions will shine because we are gonna be fervent in finishing this. And I do consider you my brother. On those points too established, moving on, um, the idea of these things, like the fake Oval Office, that was supposed to be something that was enriching. They turned it into bad. The red pill was not the good pill. The blue pill was the good pill. They turned it into bad. The red pill became good. The blue became... So they keep inverting everything, which is part of their tactics, too, to cause confusion and to elevate satanic elements. And so I think it's very interesting that they, they twist and turn the truth, always, even as Robertson has done God's truth, calling back to that. So, yeah. Well, they practice inversion. What's up is down and down is up. And uh, as above, so below. They say all of these things. And yeah, they've really got a twisted mentality on things. But, you know, I wanted to talk, because you had mentioned Neuralink. And Neuralink is something you saw, uh, hence the title Immortals. That's part of the reason, I assume, why it's called the Immortals. And in Revelation, the Bible says that in those days, and this is during the wrath of God, okay, folks? So this is this is after uh, the, well, so the tribulation is a seven-year period. There's three and a half uh, years of judgments and stuff like that, which we Christians, this is my interpretation of the Bible. I, I'm pretty confident I'm right. I've, stu I've studied this extensively, uh, but there's about 1,240 days that we go through uh, that are, you know, the judgments, there will be famine, wars, uh, things like that. There's going to be some, a lot of people die, uh, you know, things like that. But then, uh, you know, the rise of the Antichrist and everything. And after the rise of the Antichrist comes the rapture. Uh, and then the wrath of judgment happens. So the wrath of God uh, comes down on all the people who are left in this world. And it's horrible, horrible, horrible. You, I'll tell you, you got to start preaching Jesus to uh, to your friends because you don't want anyone to go through the wrath of God, never mind hell, which is even worse. However, at that time in history, the Bible says man will seek death, but he shall not find it. And, you know, the people for hundreds or even a couple thousand years would not have understood that because we didn't have AI technology. And right now, uh, we're talking about man being part of machine. In fact, this week, Jared Kushner from the White House, you know, Trump's son-in-law, uh, was saying, as he's promoting a book, and I've got a clip, I'll post it on Telegram, uh, but I've got a clip of him saying, you know, what are you doing uh, since you left the White House? And he says, well, I'm exercising a lot because... My generation, through technology, will either live forever or we will be the last generation. Tom, tell me about Neuralink. Well, Neuralink was something that was integral to the movie, as you suggested, and you're right. It was something that propels the story along. It's, it's very important for the story. But what's interesting, it gives the bads and the goods. And there's a lot of bads along with the goods. When Elon Musk was given the work later to be given claim to it, just like the Wachowskis were given the script with other parties to claim the work, he was given the tech. And what's interesting is he can't really explain it, but he doesn't really talk about the bad parts of it. But there's severe uh, drawbacks to a neural link. 
and we could go into and lengthen that. And one of the one of the things that could be positive with it is it was to help Alzheimer's patients that they could plug into a library of memories and live memories, even their own, to recall stuff instantly and bring them back and have their mind engaged again. Now the drawback to the Neuralink is that it can create a collective hive. You can input information into a bunch of people all at once, broadcast to millions of minds all at once, ideas, suggestions, and they wouldn't even know if it's their idea or not their idea as they become dependent on the Neuralink for the functioning of storage of memories, uh, idea processing, everything becomes dependent. We become lazy. We become needing to be, uh, rather than exercising the muscle of the mind, we become dependent on it where if that jack gets pulled, if that program gets diseased or hacked or pulled it out of us, we basically become drooling, babbling idiots because we've been so used to depending on that device. There's so many drawbacks, including invasion of complete privacy, where your feelings, your metabolic, everything is able to be monitored. And they may say in the future, you know, through Elon Musk and others, oh, it's secure. We're going to protect you. We have security things. You can buy these antivirus programs. That is garbage. They will be able to control everything you think, feel, and know it, and that could be used against you. Just think of the prosecuting possibilities where you're hauled into a, some kind of future court, very um, stark, uh, stoic, and you're just put there, and suddenly your memories are used, and that's it, signed, sealed, delivered, your trial's over in moments. There's so many bad, bad implications to it, but again, I put it in as a way to propel the story. The Wachowskis said they were so excited to do Jackson and Eck for real, and that's after they said they failed as writers, which they wanted the science project to work, and that was my piece. So I could go in for days on it, but I'll let you go ahead. Well, Tom, it's funny you mentioned the autism and, and some of the good benefits because I believe it was within about the last week the WEF has put out a promotional commercial promoting this technology, basically trying to get desensitized people, and they specifically mention it can get rid of autism and, and even make your senses so much more acute. So they give a, a scenario of being in a loud bar, for instance. Maybe there's a live band and someone's talking to you, but you can't hear them. But you can hear them because of the hive mind that's going on and everything else. But yeah, you know what? You bring up this, uh, you know, this whole thing, and it makes me think of the minority report and everything else uh, that goes with it. And you know, you, people. Well, we're already seeing right now. You're guilty until you prove yourself innocent uh, in today's society. Again, everything is upside down and backwards. Like, don't worry, God's going to come in with this, folks. But I think the most scary thing about the Neuralink is on the spiritual level and because it, it essentially the devil is like an advocate he he is the ultimate lawyer and you know as we mentioned with Pat Robertson and stuff they like to use God's word against him and because God cannot break his own laws and and they know it and God knows it don't worry they don't outsmart God <laughs> they don't God's got them beat at every turn he wrote the beginning of the end it will happen as that is, but what would what would the enemy say? He would go up to the throne room of God and he would say, hey, this person isn't human anymore. They don't stand under your covering. And I don't know how God would react to that. I'm not going to pretend to know. However, uh, I think it makes a good point uh, if someone transforms their DNA from the original design of being human. Tom? 
Absolutely. And one of the um, deeper elements of this that you just touched upon that I think is wonderful door open to go into through is the idea that we are to discipline our thoughts and have control over what we think and what we feel. And that's something God allows us to do with that discipline of the mind and the heart. And in the future, what will happen in the narrow link as I'm guided, if I, you know, these things have been given to me, also was the warning that the elite or the cabal or Elon Musk's crew and that kind of stuff will allow us uh, that are ex accepted into that percent, that one percent, will be allowed to think anything we want. Any devious thought will be excused and allowed. They won't police us, and it'll feel like a great freedom for many. It'll feel like this freedom where we're not policed. Oh, we allowed to think that thought. Let's go to the next level. Let's go to the next depravity. Let's go to the next thing that's debauched, debauchery. And so it's like that's what is going to happen where they're going to feed the idea of freedom of evil thought and the pleasure of evil thought. Now, thought is supposed to be a discipline under God. We're supposed to, and that was one of the trainings I had, was how to discipline my thoughts, that my mind didn't have random things enter it, that it was all attuned to what God would have me receive, that I could be faithful in the rendering of the work itself. And that's how the piece was written, being faithful in the rendering of it without anything being inputted extraneous or, or thought in through a satanic element. So that, I think, is a big point of concern is this Neuralink is going to have a caveat to it that's going to allow evil thought, devious thoughts as okay if you're part of the elite. And that's going to lead to the most severe type of higher thinking evil that you could imagine among a population. So Tom, that also brings me to a thought because something that they're, uh, the, you know, the deletes, as I like to call them now, uh, are really desensitizing us to and promoting heavily. It's on every award show and everything, every ritual they do now, they're showing this. Uh, the metaverse, Tom, this entire digital sphere where people can live their so-called digital lives. Was that part of your script? Did you foresee anything like the metaverse? Yes, absolutely. There was a parallel piece I was working on at the time. When you write a big piece and the flow is happening, it leads to tangent tangent thinking, where you then record other pieces for the future. One of those pieces were basically people on slabs that were having their lives. They didn't realize they were on those slabs, but they lived these amazing lives um, pre-programmed. Now, in the original piece, The Immortals, you have in the transport station scene, which is very important to the satisfying ending in the plot itself to the story. They just simplified it and said it was just a subplot. But in that, you actually jack in on those transports to these beautiful uh, dreams and memories that you can enjoy as you fly along. Now, what's going to happen is you're going to have this situation where people are going to actually live fantasies where it's legal to abuse, harm, destroy, rape, kill, not to be too graphic, but that's what's going to happen involving children. It's going to be part of their programs and part of their training and indoctrination programs where it'll be almost like a game to them to enter in and enjoy the subjugation and the torture of other individuals within a program but that starts to blur the lines of what's reality and what's not. And of course, that'll start to lead to real people being harmed. And the elite will look the other way, just as they do in our society right now. There's a whole gamut and a whole collection of wrong, bad, evil coming our way where it's the Neuralink should not be brought to fruition. I am the father of the Neuralink, if you want to say, but uh, I think it should be destroyed. 
absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned the depravity and stuff like that. They're already promoting this metaverse as anything goes in there. And what will happen, and you just think of the, the generations, the, the younger generations in particular, uh, they won't want to go back to their normal lives. They'll want to be plugged in as soon as they get up. Just think of what their what kids are like with video games right now. Uh, you know, they'll play all night. They'll play all day. They'll do marathons. They would prefer to play a video game than live real lives. And what are they doing in video games? First-person shooters, you know, taking away life. And, and I know, you know, one of the most controversial games in the last 20 years was that Grand Theft Auto and uh, I know people who've played it, and there's literally scenes in there where, you know, you obviously you steal cars, you beat up people, but there's actually rape in that, and you get rewarded in that game for raping. And so when people go into this metaverse, it's going to seem so much more real to them. The fantasy comes alive, it gets rid of human connection, and human connection is so important to life. We are not meant to live life on our own, but that is what they're doing. They're trying to destroy humanity on every single front, Tom. They actually are, Jeff. And what's interesting is, like we talked about, the side shoots of the different, you know, the creative process. The reason there's copyright law is that the copyright, the author, original author, is supposed to send his message and develop his message and his art and then make it public domain for others to take it from there. But it gives him that platform or her the platform to go ahead and create it to the, the fruition of what their vision is and then release it. Now, Disney has shot that down. But in the different tangents that came out of this work, there was also the idea of people being organ donors, that they lived their lives in this virtual metaphors or whatever, and they never knew what was going on while they're simply being harvested later for different organs and kept in a dream world. And you can see how that goes off so many ways off this original thing, this original concept, the immortals, that God led through as a warning to all these different tangents. Again, God outwitting man, God allowing those he has prepared and called and, and trusted, such as ourselves, you and I, to go and do the work if we will do it faithfully. If we show a heart of faithfulness and obedience and, and direct uh, following of him, then he will give us this information. And that's, it's almost like the other side is a pack of wolves just waiting to prey on it, take it, claim it, and give it to failed people, like Elon Musk and, and the Wachowskis said they failed as writers, to take the credit. But there's such a warning for what's coming with uh, what we're looking at right now. We are right at the most pivotal time in history where just in the work itself, we could have a one world society where this is all instituted and evil just reigns and locks in because they basically own our minds. Or we can end up in a, in a good world where we have the pyramid inverted, where those of us that were called actually lead the way. And we won't do it with an iron fist, as the cabal tries to suggest. We won't be this theocratic um, monstrosity. We'll actually be people with good hearts wanting to do what we're called to do together as brothers and sisters. And another thing real quick about the neural link is that in the way I had been given to envision it, was that each person had the right to remove it at any time, to delete memories, to get rid of it, and turn it off. That has to be ensured. If we go down this road that we have the right to say no and be the way God created us and not have to be required to hook into the Neuralink for what they will say is our own benefit, our own safety, our own welfare. 
absolutely. And by the way, just don't do it, people. Even if they say you can <laughs> take it out, don't do it. I'm just telling you. Uh, I think it's a death sentence personally, but that's just my opinion. Uh, everyone makes their own choices. Tom, another thing I wanted to bring up with you, because I think it's a really important point, and uh, I believe it was the spring of this year, uh, there was a, you know, a person who was known as a prophet. I'm not going to comment or mention the name uh, at this point right now, because I don't know who's good and who's bad. However, there was a person who is known to be a prophet in the USA who was saying about stadiums and stadiums, you know, as we see the collapse of sports and stuff like that, which we have seen, uh, they've really, their ratings are down in the tubes and, you know, all kinds of things, uh, you know, but the, he, the prophet said the stadiums will be used as large worship gatherings sometime in the future. But towards the end of your screenplay, Tom, you mention the stadiums. Tell me about the stadiums in the screenplay, The Immortals. What's interesting in The Immortals, the stadiums are integral to the story once again. The Wachowskis actually said they wanted the stadium in Matrix, but it was over budget. They couldn't have the stadium. So they sent it for these, they had these descending bleachers. But what's interesting in the stadium was important because the architect actually chose the stadiums for where the people who were free would be called out to for his final purging. And so they were supposed to go. But at the same time, the Oracle in The Immortals is t the one that actually takes over and is appointed by the architect to do his bidding, but it's actually working for God. The Oracle is actually working for God, so the architect's been outwitted. He says, the Oracle, it's actually a he, says, I have everything I need. I will bring them out. But he brings them out for God, for Christ, because he knows that Christ is going to return. So the people, free people, are brought to the stadiums in the end to for Christ's return. When the architect had set it up that his agents would be there, and that the people would be uh, eliminated at the stadiums. So it becomes a real touchy subject of, you know, what, how does that apply to nowadays? They are actually implementing the stadiums as part of their process for the people to go and gather when the events of false flags occur to send them there in their fear and terror and being told they'll be taken care of. They will not be taken care of at the stadium, but Christ will uh, sort this out. amazing folks so if that time comes and i suspect it it probably will uh you're gonna have to use your real discernment whether to go to the stadiums or not uh but you know what we have faith in god and so we don't live in fear we don't operate in fear and and by the way i'm going to save a couple minutes here uh to ensure i know a couple people will really want to talk to tom uh we don't Get, uh, he doesn't get many opportunities to have actually interaction with the audience live, so I will provide a few minutes uh, it, it, very shortly uh, for you to call in, and I know Shannon has already said she would like to call in, and so we're going to give you a moment to do that. So, Tom, uh, tell us where we are today, and uh, you know what? I thought this morning, and I'm just going to think it out loud here, Tom, but I want to do a, a semi-regular segment with you, and here's what I think I want to call it. The Next Page with Tom Althaus, because I really want to flip over the page and see what's next. So, Tom, tell us where we're at today and what is on The Next Page. What a great, I love The Next Page. That is so cool. As a writer, coming up with titles is such 
a difficult thing for me. The body of work, no problem. Title's difficult, and I think that's just a beautiful title for the work. Now, getting on to the, what you just said, um, we're in a flux. Basically, we have the page in a glitch. It's twitching back and forth because the cabal, the other side, is unsure what to do. We should be at, and we've been at, the idea where they try to court the oracle. Now, I'm saying that openly because the oracle was actually modeled after the writer. The writer writes from what he's familiar with and fleshes it out by putting himself into the characters to some degree. And I was heavily put into the oracle so I could understand how the oracle's thinking and functioning to flesh the story through. And so what's interesting is they're acting like that with the author. What they're doing is they're saying, um, we can you know, come to our side, the public doesn't understand you, we understand you, it's common knowledge, your work was taken throughout the industry, we will get you as a script doctor, you'll be set up, you'll be the wealthiest guy, we'll fly you out, set you up at a resort, you can take 10 people with you. This is the kind of dialogue I've been having, but it's glitching, it's going back and forth where they're not sure to do because different factions are uncertain. I've got Sony being very amiable at the moment, and then I've got Disney hedging and hawing that they might just want to do this, and they got Warner Brothers like they're wearing war paint on the war path. And so it's like there are different factions with different self-interests when you have a group, a cabal, that's all about power and individual power. They're not going to be on the same page as Happy Bedfellows. But what's going on right now is we're, we're going back and forth between this idea of courting what you would call the oracle, if you look at the immortal's work, to do their bidding, to influence the public, just as I was offered to be the face of the Christian coalition. Not to put too atten much attention on myself, but we're also in the point of food traders. In the screenplay, you have, before the stadiums, you have the food traders and the false flags. We are on those pages, folks. We're on those pages. And so what happens is they are looking for the false flag and they give us hints where that's gonna happen next. Not to create alarm, I don't wanna create, contribute to their fear mongering, but, DC is one of the big things. You talk about DC being empty. Yes, DC is echoed through the films. If you look in the films, the different offshoots of the work, like Man in the High Castle, DC is the pivotal point. DC is where it gets hit with a false flag. You also have others. San Francisco is pointed out. So they're looking for what will cause the biggest psychological impact to get people to go to the stadiums. But right now, with the gas prices going like that and going up and down, you're seeing the food shortages where food traders, it's like Warsaw Ghetto. Suddenly in Australia, people have to turn their gardens over, their garden produce. That makes no sense. Let people grow their own food. No, they want to make sure their gardens are taken away, their guns are taken away in this country. So what's going on is we're on those pages of food shortages, food traders, where people become dependent on the central government and they can make their final moves. You know, Tom, that's the first time I've heard that from your script, and I must have missed it, the food traders. Uh, but that is absolutely amazing, and we see what's going on. They're uh, paying farmers to destroy their crops right now. They're, they're intentionally creating shortages, and uh, I know they haven't appeared everywhere, folks, uh, and maybe it won't happen. I hope it doesn't happen, but I do predict if it does happen, it will happen suddenly. It will be like overnight. Uh, it's not like everyone had a chance to go and empty the store shelves. They will empty the store shelves themselves. And we already see the supply chain links and everything being broken. So that's amazing that that is in uh, your thing. So, so Tom, how, how in the script do people overcome the food shortages? One of the ways is they get off the neural link, don't ever touch it, don't let it become part of the uh, story, 
And uh, just for your benefit too, on page 93 is the food shortage. It's the same time when uh, Neo has left, or the main character, Jim Reese, has left and been cut from the program, which is actually a blessing, and goes to the, sh- uh, the outside, the free people, outside the program, through the train station, with the architect's um, uh, Trinity help. And, uh, no, sorry, uh, the Oracle's Trinity. And so he ends up with this lady named Loray. And it says on page 93, um, they've shut off the food traders' access to the city. There's no food. They say our own people are to blame. And then he talks about, you know, he doesn't want to put her in danger. And she says she's glad he came back. So there's a bit of a love story there at the same time. But this is right reflecting the Warsaw Ghetto, where that's the plans for us to have the population segmented off, especially in the cities, and then block by block they're dealt with. And the food is cut off that's supposed to bring us out. So that's that's where that is. Um, but give me your question again. I can address it. Well, you mentioned something else, and and I had a dream of of this happening, and you mentioned block by block. You know how can how can they take down an armed society like the United States? Well, first of all, if they if there's a blackout, if there's a power thing, maybe an EMP, which is everybody's worst nightmare. Honestly, an EMP, uh, you wouldn't be able to go anywhere, you wouldn't be able to call anyone, you wouldn't be able to do anything. But if they could cut communications then they can go in section by section with United Nations forces, things like that, and confiscate and take control block by block by block. So, Tom, uh, again, you know, uh, man, we're on the same page, but it's horrifying, isn't it? Well, the real hope, Jeff, is that they're still as you're making this transition, they want to be entertained. Isn't that amazing that that is their Achilles heel? They want to be stimulated. They want to be entertained. They don't want to be bored. Therefore, those like you you and me that are writers and create great content, which I'll say, you know, God gives us great content. He does. I give glory to God for it. But they want that content. They want the understanding. Therefore, they want to kind of take us on the same boat, but they want to get rid of the people we love who are God's children. And we're not going to let that happen. So they're, they're caught in a quandary too. And they say they're in our screenplay. Well, then in our, in our world. Now, one of the things that's a drawback to all this, definitely from block to block, is they're actually discussing the viability for their, their purposes of pets, dogs barking because they're stimulated in a certain way, which will reveal where families are hiding. Uh, children crying out because they're scared. Babies wailing because they're hungry. They make light of this, that they'll be able to find family units. And it's just, it's insane. We've got to stop this before it begins. And one of the ways is we got to say the elite are out of a job. We don't need these Hollywood moguls. We have artists like you and me and others that do good work and are called and are faithful. And so we can do the work. We don't need the Hollywood elements. And so we're talking about forming new studios, things like that. And that's what the other side is afraid of. The cabal is afraid of that they're left out of the party. They're left out of the celebrations, that we are creating work and we've got more screenplays. I've been contacted by Disney. How many do you have? I said 15 now. So we have the material and they're afraid that we can turn it all around where they have no power left. Their funding gets cut. They're not needed anymore. They're out of a job. And that's how we can save the world. Even from a business aspect, we can save this planet by creating great art where we don't need them having their hands on it. And we get a legal system revamped where that legal system gives due process and guaranteed due process that we can claim our rights back since we have the evidence. 
without this game with major mega corporations and monopolies destroying our rights and harming our families in order to keep us from gaining our rights back. Let the public see these trials. Let them be easy reader trials, where a child could argue it. Show the evidence. Due process guaranteed, not the judges they pick, and we will win this world back. I guarantee you. And Tom, I actually believe that that's going to happen. I know we, we've uncovered the plans of the enemy, and the enemy has lots of uh, terrible things uh, planned for us, but, you know, God is so much smarter than them. And, yeah, it, look, we're in a war, and, uh, oh, by the way, thank you for that, uh, Twin. Thank you for sending the clap. Uh, we're in a war, and we have to remember a couple things. These deletes, everything is an illusion. You know, as Tom said, we're creators. The devil cannot create. These people are not creative. And these deletes who are running the world right now are very small people, folks. They're very small. They are scared to death of we, the people, coming together and love does conquer all so uh i do believe we're gonna win this but you know they've they came out tom and they uh they were all half cocked you know when we look at uh the pandemic over the last or the pandemic over the last two years or whatever it, you know they might have accomplished some of their goals but it failed because now the you know the people are waking up to this and if they do accomplish a food shortage which is certainly possible folks uh, you should prepare for it uh, but if they do accomplish it nothing in history will wake up your neighbor like a food shortage when you're when your neighbor doesn't have food they're going to start saying what the heck is going on and people are going to get out there and get going um, so you know that's where we are so tom do you have do you have a couple minutes to take a couple calls I do. I just want to share really quick, too, that Watch for Planes, we had it last night, just before I got on your program. I think this is a very important program that the cabal will be very interested in, obviously. We had, I have footage for you I'm going to send you of a jet flying, buzzing the home, buzzing our home right across the roof, spraying, and you'll see the spraying, and it goes back and forth spraying like it's crop dusting. And now I've got upper respiratory problems right now. So what you have is you're going to have that besides food shortages. Watch the skies. Get inside. Get your kids inside. And don't be a subject to the spraying. It's a manufactured thing that's to make you sick. So that's they're, they're down to basic just hammer and um, sickle tactics right now. Just sledgehammer tactics, which is just insane. That's how desperate they are. And so what we can do is, again... We, can, we the, the people that are versing us say they're fans of the work. The cabal is actually fans of our work, they said. They'll say that over and over on calls. And so the only thing they know is to try to bait and switch and buy you in and buy you off. And they're finding out that some of us do not have a price, that we stand as brothers and sisters for God and we won't be bought. And we still create good work after everything that's been thrown at us in the kitchen sink. So, yes, I'd be happy to take some calls. And just before we do, I gotta. You always spur comments out of me, Tom. It's it's funny. We I love I love our conversations. Uh, but you know, you mentioned that this show is important, and you know, relatively speaking, you know, perhaps this is a, a smaller podcast. We got between eighty and ninety thousand subscribers across platforms. But I can tell you, very high level people have listened to this podcast since the beginning, folks. Very high level people. 
have listened to us, and and I, I could even tell you some generals that uh, have listened to our program and everything else, so uh, they do listen, and certainly uh, Tom's enemies listen whenever he's on. They follow him like a hawk, uh, but in regard to the spraying, you know, these deletes, they've been poisoning our skies, they've been poisoning our water, they've been poisoning our food, but just to give glory to God, what is happening? They're trying to kill off people because they have a depopulation agenda. But what is happening despite all of their efforts? We are living longer. <laughs> God is so great. <laughs> Fantastic. Anyways, at that, uh, listen, uh, you can call in now. I'm going to take some calls. If uh, we're just going to got time for one or two, if uh, you want to call in, and I, I'm going to put Shannon up first. So, Shannon, if you call in, I will... Uh, Get it, and Tom, I'll post that video uh, on the uh, on Telegram for everyone to see. Thank you for sending it. And uh, Shannon, welcome. welcome to Right On Radio. You're on with Tom. Hi, nice to meet you, Tom. I'm a big fan. Um, everything that you have said is correct. I do not know where you've got your information, maybe through research, but I am one of these victims that these people have done this to. I've been on Podbean. That's why I originally reached out to Podbean. Uh, I've got a show, uh, not a show, but videos that I did on YouTube called They're Out of Their Minds. It all starts with the medical. This has been a plan since the early 70s. They put chips in children's heads in the 1973, and I was one of them. Um, it's a Disney chip that was made by IBM. They had a plan for the Neuralink for a long time. It's not just Elon Musk. They also, I didn't know it, but I've been a government project since I was born. I didn't know till recently until they put this machine thing inside of me. They And I have proof now, x-ray proof of the technology that they put inside of me. And they're very scared. I've had death threats. I've been... Uh, tortured remotely through this stuff they put this they have reached immortality if you can keep a cell what ages us is our cells die off you know they they get old they dry out you don't have the energy flow through because you don't have as you as you age you don't exercise like you do to get the energy into your live viable cells well they now have discovered how to get rid of all diseases through sound and vibrations they can cure anybody they want now. They're just picking and chooses who lives. This machine that they put inside me, they built me from the freaking ground up. And I now, it's like an endoskeleton. I was put, uh, I had a heart attack, supposedly had a heart attack. What happened was I had, I broke my leg in 2007. And when I went home, I had all these like, injection sites all over my arms. I'm like, what is all this stuff all over my arms? Looked like a pincushion. I didn't find out till years later that they were injecting me with nanotechnology that they had let lie dormant. They assimilated a heart attack with this nanotechnology because they can, can goes to the nerves. When I went in for my open heart surgery, they stuck this machine inside of me. This machine combined with the nanotechnology creates a magnetic field. The magnetic field recharges the battery as well as viable live cells, keeps the cells active. I don't know why they chose me for this, but
but I have proof now of everything you have said. Everything. I need to speak to you because um, they're a mix of, um, yes, and Hollywood has a big part of this. Uh, they can assimilate dreams just like an upload to YouTube. To YouTube, They don't seem like uh, organic dreams. They can, um, and, and I'm not the only person. I found actually another person on Podbean that actually this happened to, but his thing was had military applications. Mine was more for an entertainment thing. And yes, they can control it remotely. That's why all my neighbors, I have a New York phone book full of constant surveillance from my neighbors. And they're all nurses. But everything starts with the medical. And I don't know why they've done this to me, but they did and i have i have 100% proof now of what the medical did to me and what they do is they get uh in with the police and i have an article out of a medical journal they call them the nano mafia they actually can control people uh through nanotechnology it's actually remote torture to what they want they also can i've got technology from my eyes my ears my jaw my nose, this core device, and all the nanotechnology, it's, it's, they made me into a freaking living cyborg. And I have all the proof, yep. and these I people are going to pay for what they did to me. I hear you, and I hear the passion. I think that's why you're going on, is that there's a passion in you. And yes, you're right. The nanotech, even the nanotech stuff was written about in, as Jeff said, Minority Report. When Spielberg made Minority Report, he put, again, my dad's rank, my dad's name, um, they had Sean as the son who's murdered. That's nothing in Philip K. Dick's novel, but he put it in there. The next page on that graphic that shows my dad's rank, captain, name, John, Anderton, and then Sean is killed, is nanotech beyond their wildest dreams. And the nanotech is supposed to cause sleep deprivation too with a waving sound. It happened to the Cuban embassy, American Cuban embassy and the Canadian Cuban embassy. Uh, and they, it was the FBI that did that. And so what you have is a situation where they do this waving frequency and it sounds like the Indian cricket, they said, and that's exactly what it sounds like. And it's supposed to deprive you of sleep so they can put you away under serious physical impairment. And that's right. what they say. And then you're supposed to be in the psych ward. And it's like, so they're going after what they did in Germany in World War II and Russia did too in Stalin's era. And after they went after intellects and people they thought might have more influence. That's their big concern. Mm -hmm. But I appreciate you sharing what you should. I'm sure, I'm sure you can go on and on, but I want to make sure that Jeff has other people come on too. But I appreciate what you've said and certainly we should talk. Yes, I left my email in the chat. So if you could please email me. I mean, this is a book. This is a movie. This is everything. And I, I am the living proof of everything that you've said. Very good. Shannon, before you go, uh, uh, because it, you listen, I, I can't get get your email from the chat. Uh, there's no way to preserve the chat after the live is gone. Uh, if you can, send me an email at writeonjeff at gmail.com. Can you, can you, can you do it in the chats and I'll screenshot it? Yes, I'll I'll put it in there for for you in just a moment, and okay. uh, and then I can also forward it to to Tom as well. Great, uh, but yeah, I'll I'll put in my email and please reach out to me. I'd uh, I'd okay. be very interested in talking to you further. Thank you for calling Excellent. in, Shannon. Thank you. Nice meeting you, Tom. Nice meeting you too. I'll try to send Jeff to those graphics I talked about from Minority Report that are so telling. Great. Thank you. And we've got time for one more call, but it has to be quick because I have to. I have a hard stop coming up here. 
but yeah, th that's right, Jan. How scary, Shannon. Yeah, God bless you, indeed. God bless Shannon. Uh, we got to pray for her, folks. Uh, people, you know, humans aren't meant to be experiments, folks. And uh, that is a that is terrible. And uh, God will j bring justice. Make sure of that. Uh, anyways, I well, I don't see any other callers, but just give me a second. I'm, I don't multitask well, so Tom, talk for a second while I type in my email. <laughs> well, this usually happens. Like I, I'm so excited to have this question and answer thing, but usually people don't speak up. But I want to encourage them to ask their question. If you feel it there, don't shy away. Ask it. It can open the door to so many things. So with a smart audience like this and with you, Jeff, like a brother, it's it's time to ask the questions. Take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, uh, you, you've got the writer of the Matrix, the Immortals. You've got a, a pretty, uh, a pretty amazing person here with an amazing life story. And uh, we'll just give it a minute. If you want to call in, uh, please do. But yeah, people are shy, and a lot of people on, on these platforms, Tom, are at work, so they've got their headphones in while they're doing their work, or you know, driving or something, and they can't always call in. So. That is part of it. And then on the replay where we get, to, you know, tens of thousands of, of listens, people are going, man, I wish I was there. <laughs> so That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Time time. yeah. Well, that's good. That, that makes sense. I do encourage people, though. Definitely, definitely. It can really open the door to some great avenues. Yeah. But anyways, Tom, let's continue. And uh, we're going to do it again. And get, I think, uh, well, I, I love branding. I love creating as well. But uh the next page with Tom Althouse coming back uh, soon to you. Now, I, I'm going to be going on uh, some business trips uh, throughout September, so uh, the scheduling might be a little bit sporadic during September, but let me tell you, when we get back into October, we're hitting it hard, and we're going to have actually kind of a revised format. We're still going to be who we are uh, on this program and do the things we do, but we are going to have a new format, and I think you're all gonna love it and uh we've got a comment in there will tom publish the ill immortals yes uh, tom is working on it and i'll let tom speak to that but before uh you do comment tom i want to make a personal ploy to you <laughs> and and this is uh, by the way so when tom and i had uh, th this uh supposed fight and it wasn't a fight it was a disagreement out of passion as tom stated um what it was about was I'm like, Tom, we got to do this on our own. And he, he's being, uh, courted, uh, by, you know, these big companies right now. And I'm saying, man, and I, it sounds like you're coming around to my thinking at least a little bit. And Tom, I support you any way you go, of course, but man, I just think we can do it. There's enough talent. We can raise money. We can do all kinds of things and we can get this thing done in the proper Way. Final note, uh, Tom, what's going on with the documentary? The documentary team is expanding and they're bringing in the best. I was watching this program about NASA and how Jim Martin, I think his name was, had brought in the best and that people didn't even realize that the great minds that were around them what caused them to land the rover first on Mars. And so what's really interesting is the same things happen with the documentary team, just the brilliant and the best. And that's also an answer to 
uh, publishing the thing, I gave you a copy of the script so that certain hosts I trust, brothers and sisters, have copies so they can verify and say, here it is, and we can go back and forth on what page is on, what this is that, and that helps. Um, the idea is that we'll release the work so the public can enjoy the full version of it and be able to see how it all ties together, and the message God intended would then be brought forward where the other side says they're trying to use up the rest of the story that nobody will watch it. So basically, we're supposed to, I'm feeling led to release it at the right time in the full entirety so audiences get the experience of the message God put in there that even the author doesn't fully comprehend all the layers and let them enjoy it and we can share together what it means. That was the intention from the beginning. But yeah, yeah, I think, you know, I, I agree with you what we had our passion about too. Um, that the, you know, whether to go on the inside to make a difference on the inside, that's the fail safe. If, if we can do it from the outside, enough of us are like doing the documentary and working. I love this page turn thing you talked about. Then let's do it from the outside. Basically, it's save the children, help our elderly, make a better world. And there's a bunch of avenues in front of us. And if certain ones get shut down, we'll take another. But that is a last fail-safe method uh, to work with the inside of, you know, the cabal. Not a pleasant place to be, but you can still do some good from the inside if worse comes to worse. But right now, we can do a lot on the outside, and uh, I prefer that as it is. Well, Tom, as always, go, go with God, and uh, you won't go wrong. Hear his calling, and, uh, and he has a destiny for your life, and I suspect it is amazing. Hey, thank you, everyone, for being here. Thanks to Tom Althaus. Uh, his time is very, very valuable, and I certainly appreciate you coming on, Tom. Uh, I'll give you the final word, and then I'm going to sign off. Very good. I just want to send love to everybody out there. Part of the plan is to isolate, alienate. Shannon, thanks for speaking up. I, I, my heart goes out to you and others, because that is the plan. Isolate, disrupt, alienate, uh, unhinge, and then put you away. So the thing is, um, we're defeating their plan just by doing this program right now. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. By sharing and being public and bringing this forward, we have defeated the cabal inch by inch, measure by measure. And uh, I'm celebrating today we did just that. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And that's exactly what we're doing. Hey, thanks to everyone for being here. May God richly bless each and every one of you. And remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community.